it's the PHNX Cardinals podcast live on a Wednesday. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. Welcome to your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five star wherever you get your programming. We are on to the New York Giants, as is Joshua Dobbs, Bo Brock, and what is remaining of this Cardinal offense that scored zero offensive touchdowns against the Washington Commanders. Yet you had a chance to chat with the QB1 temporarily. For the Cardinals today, why should I and the many people in this chat watching this fine program right now believe that the Cardinals can turn the corner offensively? Uh, you just have to believe what they say, I guess. I mean, <laughs> look, the actions are going to speak a lot louder than words. I think that, you know, Joshua Dobbs, as much as he's good for a soundbite and he tries to be as transparent as possible, you know, it's going to come down to can he operate this offense, can he make the throws necessary to move the chains and make plays and get the explosives that they want offensively? Uh, you know, if you take from week one, you would say you'd be very skeptical about what he's saying. He expects a big jump. But, you know, I think that w- given the circumstances that he came in here two weeks to kind of get up to speed, you know, what, five, pr- six practices with his new teammates, that that's really not enough. To, to expect big plays. So just another week in the system practicing with his teammates, you know, maybe it looks, uh, you know, a couple steps better than it did incrementally better than it did week one. I mean, they were close at times. They were in the red zone once or twice. And of course they got points via field goals and field goals only Prater had three. He was three for three. Look good. I, I do think that, you know, it will be, it will be a point of emphasis for this team to try to get off to a fast start. I think yeah. if you're sitting around and it's the middle of the second corner and, and it's, it's gone almost six quarters without an offensive touchdown. I think guys let that seep into their psyche a little bit. I, I, I could definitely see this team being aggressive. I know a lot of people put this out on the interwebs right now that this is the Cardinals best opportunity for a dub for what, like the next 10 weeks. I don't know if I believe that, but Man. I do think like, yeah, there's somebody outlined it like between now and like, I don't know, mid-November, it's tough sledding. And I, I get it. We all can overreact. After Drinking that Rams Kool-Aid? Is that after one week of play? Okay. Uh, I guess. I guess that's what they're thinking. Um, but for me, it's like you can do a lot to build the confidence of this group with Dobbs and company and subsequently bury the Giants with a fast start on Sunday. I don't, I don't know how resilient this Giants team is. If they if they start slow after getting just destroyed forty to nothing on national TV, and the Cardinals can come out and jump out to a quick ten to nothing, fourteen, God forbid, to, to nothing lead, mm-hmm. I mean you're, you're set up for major success. Whereas if it's seven or ten the opposite way, and you're asking Joshua Dobbs like he had to do in the fourth quarter last weekend to play from behind, that this this team just can't operate that way so i i would not be surprised if this team went for it on fourth down early gannon was aggressive mm-hmm. in the preseason you just you want to be able to build confidence and i don't know if we get to halftime if we're doing our halftime show on sunday and they haven't scored an offensive touchdown yet like that's going to get to some people you you can't convince me otherwise these are pro athletes and that that stigma of like can we can we score points that's going to be a real thing how long did it take uh, last season? Remember that in the first half, they they were shut out in the first half for yeah. was it three going into the, the third or fourth week? 
it was it was brutal. It was a brutal yeah. display of offensive football. And, and you 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 hope with the the coaching staff change, the offensive play caller change, that you would see more consistency at least. Not you know obviously huge crooked numbers. I don't think anybody was anticipating that. But I'll say this: I and mean, if you look at the at the injury report, it, it's not it's not going to help the Giants' case either. But and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But I think this Giants team is is very close to being broken. I mean, as, as encouraged as you are with what Brian Dable was able to accomplish and, and do with what he did with Daniel Jones and get a healthy Saquon Barkley and, and doing the things, to get themselves back to the postseason. I think then Dable will take home coach of the year honors as well last year for his performance. If you look at their last two uh, performances on tape, I mean, they've been it's 78 to seven. Yeah. Well, we depicted it yesterday. Not it's competitive, a- not competitive. And, and they're sitting here and they're road favorites. And the Arizona Cardinals are, are kind of like they have nothing to lose. The, the Arizona Cardinals are a dangerous team to a team that's as vol- volatile and vulnerable as the New York Giants are. It was my argument week one where the, yeah. where the Washington Commanders had to play tight. And they did, I think, for three quarters until Joshua Dobbs turned it over twice in what about the span of about 12 minutes. And then now, I mean, Daniel Jones, he got paid all that money. If he struggles against a, a no-name Cardinal front seven, like you, you'll hear, you know, those birds chirping in the in the crowd, assuming there are Giants fans there and some maybe mm-hmm. some teammates. Saquon Barkley's playing on a one-year contract. Darren Waller, we'll talk about this later, ha- has not looked good, and he's got hamstring issues. Like, I think the Cardinals play with house money every game this year. Like, assuming they can get one win early-ish, and they take that pressure off of Gannon because I know a lot of people out there still assume this team could go winless, which is ridiculous because they almost won last week. The Giants are poised to be upset. You're at home. You've got the enthusiasm of this crowd who I think is going to be bought in because it's not Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury, thank goodness, running the operation. Like You can have renewed belief, maybe not for Josh Dobbs, but for what the Cardinals and Austin Ford and Gannon yeah. are trying to do. And just get, give them a good product and build off of something. I, I think... As much as I wanted last week to be the inaugural win for Gannon and, and to do it in opening weekend fashion, I'm with you. You picked this game as an upset before the season started. I think this would mean more because of you're doing it in front of the Red Sea, your home crowd here in Arizona. I mean, as, as far as opportunity and being able to go into your bag from last season, Jonathan Gannon, the previous season, and, and having played and prepared uh, for Daniel Jones and five times like he has over the last two years, yeah. uh, and, and not coming off of the unknowns like they had, it wasn't the Washington team that Jonathan Gannon faced so many times. It, it was a new player caller on the offensive side of the football. It was a new quarterback in Sam Allen. They did really well with that, but like, there is, you know, statistical backup of Jonathan Gannon having a, an immense amount of success against the Giants where they average just uh, under 14 points, 13.6 points per game against Jonathan Gannon coach defenses. And of course, Nick Rollis, the new DC or DC under Jonathan Gannon is an extension of that. Uh, but it, it really, it's going to come down to this offense operating enough to putting up enough points to win a football game, go out and win a football game. Cause I think the defense, uh, I would be pretty surprised if they take a significant step back uh, and, and really let, you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and crew get on track, especially with their, where they're depleted on the offensive line and the, the big playmaker, the big splash they made this offseason, Darren Waller, as you mentioned, you know, that reported lingering hamstring issue. That's going to be a, a problem for him reportedly throughout the season. But that offense, I mean, they, they've got to they've got to be find a way to 
cash in. They've got to be able to, I, I know you're not going to be able to always go touchdown over field goal. You'll take the points when you can take the points with this offense. But, you know, you hear Josh Dobbs after the game saying, I expect a big jump. And then producer Damon, we heard from him today and kind of outlying just the difference in, in, in between this time last week and now. From where we were last Wednesday to this Wednesday, it's like night and day, just understanding each other, understanding the flow and the rhythm of the offense. And so just continue to grow as we get more time and more um, time on task on the field. Guys coming out of routes, uh, working more with Zach Ertz. Hollywood Brown was not even on the injury report today. It seems like Good. he's full go, which is great, something I wasn't expecting. So you're getting a full complement of playmakers for Joshua Dobbs and then some as far as his production with, with Calvin Beecham returning to practice as far as being your top you know, backup offensive lineman. So Arizona Cardinals on the offensive side of the football, I think – you know, to what you were saying, like I think Jonathan Gannon goes to to Drew Petzing and says, "Hey, uh, we need those explosives. We need you to open it up. This is this is it's time for you and your side of the football to show your worth a little bit early on here." Uh, can you tell me, Bo Brock, when the last time this team, this Cardinal team, dating back to 2022, scored over 20 points? Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. When was the last time this Cardinal team? Everybody wants to put the ownership on Dobbs, and I get that. Yep. This this Cardinal team. When's the last time they've scored over twenty points? Was it was it the Thursday night football game or was it? It was the last time Kyler Murray took the field for this team. Okay, uh, oh, against for, uh, L.A. Chargers for the entire game. That's right. Wow. Well, they lost to the Chargers 25-24. Kyler Murray gets hurt against the Patriots. They, here are their total total points now. And again, everybody wants to blame Josh Dobbs because he's been here for two seconds against the Patriots last year. Thirteen <laughs> points. Denver, 15 points. Tampa Bay, 16 points. Atlanta, 19 points. Atlanta, the Niners, they, they only had 13 points. Uh, and then in the opener, 16 points. I mean, like, th this has not been a good offensive team for a while since Kyler Murray went down. So I think maybe it's a little naive for a lot of us just to sit here and say, touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. You mm -hmm. have to score. Do this, 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 and this. It's like they cut DeAndre Hopkins, guys. Like they're they're trying to integrate new pieces. Michael Wilson's a baby in this league. He's a rookie. Rondell Moore's never put it all together. Hollywood Brown probably needs a good quarterback to be productive again. Zach Ertz is coming off an ACL. Like I like Drew Petzing. Like should we be surprised? And no one wants to get shut out for offensive touchdowns. But it's like we're, like look around the NFL. Where are your skill players at? Where's your quarterback at? Where's your cohesiveness? Like mm -hmm. they they. I mean, truth be told, this is probably pretty easy to see coming, in my opinion. You get an elite defensive head coach and a front seven with four first-rounders on it, and you have problems. Some of it's self-inflicted, some of it's not. Like, I think we need to get off of this. This is Josh Dobbs and only Josh. Like, no, ma'am. This team has been ass offensively since <laughs> Kyler Murray got hurt. They, right. they cannot score points. It's a quarterback lead. Josh Dobbs is a backup. Maybe to some people, he's a backup to a backup. Like, mm -hmm. so I, I'm with you. Like, this defense, even dating back to last year with Vance Joseph, like most of the time it puts out a quality product, right? It's a, Cardinals are more defensive team than they are offensive team these days, certainly since the 2021 season. But I, for me, it's just like th this offense is going to be, I think, a, a significant work in progress. I hope by like, you know, mid-October they can build some momentum and you can really see it come to fruition. But these games, I like outside of like, a big punt return from Greg Dort, special mm. team plays, a short field, like 10 to 12 play drives. 
I think are going to be a rarity for the Cardinals right now. They just, well, they don't yeah. have the horses and they don't have the quarterback. And, and Jonathan Gannon said that much. I mean, it, it's so hard in the NFL to sustain and, and, and have the expectation of double digit play drive scoring drives. It's just, it's unrealistic. And that's why explosives are so important. And the, the fact that they lacked them, I mean, outside of a 31 yard game by Rondell Moore, uh, there, there wasn't much of in, in the reverse from Hollywood Brown. I mean, that was it. That, that was pretty much it for the Arizona Cardinals in week one in the NFL season. So they've, they've got to be able to dial that up. And, you know, familiarity and timing and, and uh, you know, having um, not being in a hostile environment, that's only going to help a guy like Joshua Dobbs. But, yeah, I mean, as far as b- being realistic about this offense and where how does it take a jump, from week one, the, the biggest thing is ball security to where you can't put your defense that played so well in compromising position. Like that's, that's the first thing, right? Because if you do that and you've got the field goals and your defense is playing with its ears pinned back and making plays for you, that's great. And then, yeah, I mean, you can't be shut out of the end zone. Another, I mean, so asking for a one, one offensive touchdown and limit the mistakes to where you're not really putting your defense in a compromising position. I don't think that that's unrealistic from a guy like Joshua Dobbs. I yeah, I agree with that. Like that that's what it was last week. Like say what you want about Dobbs, they were not making mistakes. They just weren't going anywhere, right? Yeah. Like for me it's if again, they win that game 16 to 10 in my belief if they don't have the two fumbles and you mm-hmm. give them short fields. Because what do Washington do? They got an easy touchdown and a gimme field goal where they, they didn't might. Even trust you, you put Sam Howell with his back against the wall, he might throw another pick. And, right. And you, like, you put your offense in a position where even if they stall out, Matt Prater and, can come on and tack and on. In my opinion, that's why this the loss was on Drew Petzing. Because it's like, if I'm playing with a guy who's been here for five minutes and I have a six point lead at the end of the third quarter, like, what did Ron Rivera do? He did what was smart. I can't let Sam Hal do shit. I got to let him. I got, we got to run the ball into the line of scrimmage. We're going to gain two yards per carry. We're going to punt. Like, that should have been the Cardinals' motto. You, you got to survive. It's about surviving right now. You want to evaluate young players. You get a lead if you're the Cardinal team with a small margin for error. Can we scratch and claw to get us to the finish line? Because it should not be the expectation that Josh Dobbs is going to lead a game winning drive. Maybe he'll surprise people, but you can't sit there and say, like, that's something that's likely to happen. So if you're playing with house money in the second half and you're up by three points, seven points, ten points, you need to be, it needs to be, I'm hanging on for dear life. I need to play not to lose instead of playing to win. I need to allow my defense to make plays, get in front of a home crowd that's going to make some noise, and, and lean on a pass rush that looks rejuvenated. Awesome. Play to your strength. But, man, like, Seven step drops on third and sixteen for Josh Dobbs. You're asking to get beat, and they got beat because of it. Yeah, yeah. You got to get get the football out a lot quicker. Hopefully, uh, you know more familiarity is. We'll we'll have more of a quick strike offense. Uh, killing it in the chat, no doubt about it. Michael Evans didn't like Petsing's play calling. Uh, you got Fishbowl Flash already on a Wednesday dropping a prediction 23-20 cards. If Ertz holds on, well, he's talking about week one. If Ertz hauls down that that touchdown that was just out of reach, um, Ertz should only play third downs in red zone, Arizona animal. Yeah, it's it's I you see him, you see a lot of the plays out there that were left on the field that you you would have liked to have back if you're Dobbs, yeah. if you're Ertz, if you're Petsing. Um, and, and, but to come to a little bit of, 
of the aid of Drew Petzing is this this offense sometimes did itself a disservice as far as the play on the field, putting themselves, you know, missing assignments as far as picking up blockers. Those Keontae Ingham carries were were brutal. You had Jonathan Allen just sidestepping an offensive lineman and blowing up the play in the backfield uh, or, or, you know, laundry on the field, which was tough, false starts and stuff like that. It, I mean, it, it's just it's going to be a collective effort from uh, being a, a team that's a little bit more disciplined and, and a team that's going that that knows that hey, I, you know, I'm not saying that they they didn't expect to be in that position, but it's like they were just trying to keep their head above the wall, water offensively, and now it's just like no, you you have to perform offensively now. It's it's and that they, hopefully they take that pressure and and move forward with it. Well, well, here's my disappointment in that mindset. Like, I think you're just, you're always going to be limited by what you can do in the passing game by who's throwing the ball. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh shit, Johnny, that's cliche. Then if you knew you were going to have limitations because you did, whether it's Colt McCoy, Clayton Tune, or Josh Dobbs, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit disappointed. And we'll play hindsight here. Like, go get another dynamic back in free agency or the draft to pair with James Conner so there's not a significant drop-off. Like, I watch other, and James Conner, I, th- I think was... PFF's like highest graded back this weekend. That's awesome. He should have gotten more carries, but like I watch other backs around the NFL manufacture yards behind the line of scrimmage when they're hit initially. I watch what Petsing and company did in Cleveland with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Like mm-hmm. I know it's easy to say in hindsight, like that's what you should have done, but that's what you should have done. Spend a second round pick on Steve Avilia, who's starting for the LA Rams right now at a TCU. It's going to be a plus player for them. Go all in with that mindset because, uh, like, I I just feel like Elijah Wilkinson is a placeholder, right? We mm-hmm. don't know about Yelda Froldholt and Will Anderson Jr. DJ Humphreys certainly looks like he's in the last year. He's going to be with this team. If you if you truly intend, what's San Francisco do every year? This is San Francisco's offense. They draft it back every year, yeah. right? They pay premium tackles, even though they've got, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk and they distribute with Brock Purdy. I The run game... Is good, should play a bigger role. Yet you didn't add a back. You added a tackle, but that's about it. Like I, I don't know. I'm disappointed with how they, of course, chose to tackle the you know comp- compensatory plan or you know break glass in case of emergency plan. If Kyler Murray's not ready, well, he's not. So do you have something else to lean on? Yeah. I, I feel like you know they they missed some opportunities <laughs> to solidify what they could do offensively to set them up for early success. Cause right now you're just kind of guessing. Yeah. I, I think I made this analogy earlier this week. It's like Josh Dobbs was that break glass in case of emergency yeah. uh, guy. And behind that glass was like an inflatable ax. Like it was it wasn't like a yeah. real one. It was just like, and it squeaked when you hit it. It's like, speak. That's, exactly, that's exactly right. It's just, it, and like, I think people miss, uh, did not really understand like what we were saying about Dobbs in and how it was to McCoy and like that. I don't, I don't know. I, I, people thought that we, us telling them that Dobbs was their guy and gives you the best opportunity to win means that Dobbs is going to go out there and play like a pro bowl quarterback. And, and that, that, that wasn't it at all. I mean, we, you know, who Joshua Dobbs is, you know what his skill set is. And I think that the Cardinals are a, a bit bullish on it, that he can go out there and, and win him a football game in a perfect situation, but with backups when, and things are far from perfect all the time in the NFL, because it's so tough that a guy like Joshua Dobbs is, he can, he can be good and he can do things that you want him to do within the offense. But outside of that, I mean, if you're expecting more, 
it's it's just not going to happen. That that's when players like that they they develop into starting caliber players, and that's why those guys get paid the big bucks. I think if you look back at our prediction show from last Friday, not to toot our horn, but I think can can he have a one to two touchdown day would have been a yeah. productive day, like ru- running or throwing the football, like one rushing, one passing, and then maybe he has one turnover. They win that game, of course, if he if he just has one passing touchdown or rushing touchdown. And I also thought that the offense would be much more explosive on the ground. I th- I thought there'd be more explosive plays from James Conner, and yeah. I think that's that's you know detriment to the play calling uh, again when you're when you're back james connor is one of the highest paid running backs in the nfl now he, like he, the on the field product may not support that but they are paying him eight figures this year to be the bell cow 10 carries for the bell cow when you're starting josh dobbs and you're having success on the ground it's inexcusable at that point in the fourth quarter and i know you talked to gannon earlier this week and petsing about it like the game just got away from him at that point. They want to mm-hmm. prioritize it, but the flow of the game, like that's bullshit. Like you're playing Josh Dobbs. You you, you need to, James Conner, the, the drive is cliche and predictable as it sounds. Like he needs to have the ball two out of the three times. Yeah. On the ground, counter plays, off tackle, dive plays. It, feel, it felt like this past week, and I hope it changes this week. Like Drew had some good calls in the preseason. It's like, let me showcase what I can do. It's like, no, no, no. We need you just to be meat and potatoes right now because mm-hmm. we don't have a franchise quarterback out there. Yeah. Just just make the uh just get the exchange from the center, which at one point was too much last last game. Right. With a wet football. There's not gonna be any conditions as far as inside State Farm Stadium, which is great. And Dobbs talked about that today. Uh, but you know, make the exchange, hand it off. Uh, if you need to get some help as far as going up against the Dexter Lawrence or whoever is is a problem as far as on the New York Giants defensive line, then do that. I mean, they they couldn't. It was it was easier said than done, and, and wasn't done against Jonathan uh, Duran Payne and and why Jonathan Allen? Yeah, Jonathan Allen. He was an absolute man possessed. So well, I see um, Jalen Blair points out in the chat, and I agree with that. But they but they're but they're the running bottom. it for four to five yards per carry, like. They're doing it. I, I get it. Jamin? Yeah. Here, I I I get it. And this is a good point from Jalen. Like, what do you expect them to do? If it's the first or second quarter and they're averaging 1.8 yards per carry or 2.7, like I'm like, well, no, no, no duh. Start throwing the ball. Try to do something else. The run game was working with James Conner. He was breaking tackles. You were giving Dobbs positive yards on second and third down to work with. The playbook would be open on third and three, third and four, second and five. It's when they started drives and they were going backwards. They were they were dropping back. They were doing some some cute stuff in the backfield with Keontae Ingram. If it wasn't working, get away from it. It was working. You had it right there. It's mm-hmm. 16 to 10, and he's got 4.4 yards per carry, but he's got 10 carries. Okay, then I then he's getting 10 more in the span of one quarter if I'm calling that game. And then you, you, they turn the ball over and they're losing now. And suddenly, oh, we have to throw it now. It just they, if they could do it again, they would do it differently. I'm convinced of that. And hopefully they're presented with the same chance this weekend and they remedy it, Bo. Yeah, I, I think that it was a learning experience. Obviously, you know, they'll say to to not single anybody out, but, you know, the defense is probably the was the strongest phase is the three phases. And then you say special teams and then the offensive side of the football. I think Petsing, it was I mean that that's why you saw the 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 picture that was I think on social media where it's Gannon like embracing <laughs> Drew Petzing, hugging him, you know, despite you know them falling short and, and that side of the football made the, the the root cause of the 
of the team losing in week one. Um, it, look, it's 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 got to be better. And and I think what we've outlined here as far as them making a jump, they're not going to immediately jump back into it. And it's the Kyler Murray day, you know, Kyler Murray operating this thing and just putting the team on his back and making plays. And that's Joshua Dobbs come Sunday. It's it's game managing. It's taking care of the football, but it's also finding here and there. And, and we saw this with with Dobbs in Tennessee. We didn't see it last week, but we saw it in the regular season finale. I mean, he hits a, 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 a wide receiver in stride, 21 yards with a beautiful pass for a touchdown. He's capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Just didn't see anything that resembled that outside of maybe the Rondell Moore 31 yard play. It's going to be tough. Uh, and right now, I mean, we talked about that spread. It is robust. Five and a half point favorites are the New York Giants coming across country, right? They played the late game on Sunday night football. They scored zero points, but they do have an offensive coach in Brian Dable who can manufacture offense. So the Cardinals are going to have to go punch for punch. With the New York Giants, you can go punch for punch with us at BetMGM. How about Bet10, get $200 back. Bonus bets fall free with the promo code PHNX. Again, get that BetMGM Sportsbook app or at their mobile site or on your desktop computer. Place a mere $10 and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your outcome. So again, hypothetically, you put money on the cards money line like I did. Boom, $200 in additional bonus bets for you using that bonus code PHNX. Everybody go right now, download the BetMGM Sportsbook app, iOS, Android, or visit BetMGM, BetMGM.com and sign up with the uh, bonus code PHNX. 10 bucks gets you 200 right now. Again, the premier place to wager on game day. How about a little parlay action this weekend, Bo? Are there a couple games that you like? I, I, I would say right now, if I'm looking at the schedule, the schedule here, I think Minnesota is a team in desperation mode. I think Chicago's a team in desperation mode. Those are some teams that I would look at parlaying the money line with BetMGM. We always see things change where teams yeah. have maybe the Giants a sense of urgency come week two. Yeah, like Minnesota, one, they've got a bad taste in their mouth from the last performance they had in Philly. But, you know, I think that you saw some some places they can exploit in the defensive secondary against the Eagles could be an opportunity for them to have a bounce back. And of course, obviously the wise guys and, and at Ben MGM, it's based on, you know, getting the public to jump in on that. People want to trust their eyes and what they saw. You Philly winning week one and Minnesota losing a bad game. Maybe you can get some value there with the Vikings. Maybe you can see the bears bounce back. I don't know, but you can get all the action on Ben MGM uh, with that promo code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details as it relates to BetMGM. And now listen to our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. You got to keep that promo code handy because it's like a skeleton key to a lot of great things, including 50% off two or more premium polarized shades from our friends over at Shady Rays, independent sunglasses company that's 
into getting you a world-class product for not world-class pr prices or premium prices. They like to keep their price point well under a hundred bucks. And when you use that promo code, you are way under that 50% off two or more pairs. They also have that uh, lost and broken replacement. So if you lose your pair, even on the first day, they'll replace it. No question asked. Also, if you break them, They'll uh, replace them as well. But, man, it is a premium product. They are a sturdy pair of sunglasses, and they're good-looking as well. Check out their full product line at Shady Rays, their store, and Kierlin Commons up in Scottsdale, or, of course, online, ShadyRays.com. Either place, in person or online, use that promo code PHNX. You'll yell it at the uh, person to help you at the store. They'll think you're a weirdo, but they're still going to give you your 50% discount. PHNX, ShadyRays.com, rated five stars by over 250 thousand people uh az fan 1998 friend of the program five dollar super chat our arizona cardinals will never be out of the news this season they got to win these tough games to prove that this team isn't taking hashtag rise up red sea i'll do you one better az fan i i think the cardinals win this weekend and i think they are temporarily removed from the tanking uh narrative because there's going to be a team that i think is going to leapfrog them in terms of the the old draft standings if, if you haven't watched or checked out what's going on in Carolina right now, their whole team is in disarray. <laughs> They've lost both starting guards. They look terrible. J.C. Horn is out. Who owns the Carolina Panthers' first picks? The Chicago Bears. So uh, the Bears and the Cardinals, you you figure, are going to have premium picks anyway. But I, I think with a win this weekend, especially, the narrative is, is going to change. <laughs> like, oh, shit, should we be paying attention to these other teams that just frankly aren't very good? Because yeah. the Cardinals are going to have two competitive games, I predict, back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, Robert, we're going to gut these fuckers. Uh, he's going full JG before the NFC Championship game. We'll, we'll tell you where our meter is come Friday on that and how much fire we have in our gut by then. But uh, it, we, we don't have that to completely dialed in, but we will. Um Look, yeah, the Arizona Cardinals are, are really going to be in a good situation, you know, with the with the previous experience with the defensive coaching staff and the success that they had against the Giants, where the Giants are right now, as I said, 78 to 7 in the last two games, including their last playoff game against the Eagles, the opener against the Cowboys, two very good football teams, no doubt about it. Don't discount that, but not competitive. Daniel Jones was the guy at quarterback, continues to be the guy at quarterback, struggled mightily in, in both of those contests. So if the Cardinals can keep him off off schedule, that, that's good news for them. Um, I, we were talking today to the Arizona Cardinals, very talented six overall pick who had a, a really solid debut. You're starting to see in the trenches. Brandon Thorne put out some highlights uh, from Paris Johnson's entire week one uh, performance on tape and, and how impressive it was from the young man out of Ohio State. Uh, he did have one blemish, I guess you can call that. He had an unsportsmanlike penalty. Uh, in the game, and it was just he was just pretty much picking up a Washington Commanders player who was just lying on top of his poor quarterback Joshua Dobbs. But we talked to Paris Johnson Jr. and he got some help, and it just continues to show that this Arizona Cardinals team is just full of dogs. Here's what PJ had to say about his unsportsmanlike uh, uh, penalty. In a moment, it was not a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tackle, right? Protect a quarterback. You know, there, there's a game going on. I should still be able to to get him from laying up. Because if I was under there, I'd be looking like, dude, you guys just looking at me right now? That's just me. Coming as a rookie, not knowing the rules, I'd have been laying there like, pick me up. To sum it up, get the fuck off our court. <laughs> so, you know. What he said. Right, what he said. What, 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 I, what I can't say. <laughs> 
to sum it up, get the fuck off our quarterback. Miho things from our guy, Will Hernandez. Just uh, You knew he was up to no good when he was just looming in the background <laughs> of that media scrum. But I love the right side, the nastiness of Paris Johnson Jr. and his kind of uh, mentor on that side of the football, Will Hernandez. Well, they outperformed the left side. I'm going to tell you right now, the left side is making way more money than the right side. Will Hernandez was the highest graded PFF O-lineman over the weekend for the Cardinals and one of the highest in, in football. Had, had a nice grade, and Paris Johnson Jr. gave up no sacks or quarterback hits. That's the side you got to feel good about. Both those guys mm-hmm. are under contract through 2024. Will Hernandez's chest, by the way, in, in that <laughs> screenshot. Like, I've been in the locker room with Will Hernandez, and he's two of me. He's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen in my entire life. Like yeah. Paris Johnson Jr. is tall, but the girth of Will Hernandez yeah. is enormous. Uh, and listen, that I, I assume that this team wants to be more physical. They're certainly physical defensively, and we saw that last week. If they're going to become the physical run, ground and pound team that we need until K1 comes back, it's got to start with those two players. As cliche as that sounds, like they're two of the nastiest players they have on the team supremely talented, like not to knock the rest of the offensive line. Gwil Hernandez was a top 40 pick and I think has lived up to expectations since he's come here. And then what what more can you say? Like, I, I feel like there is a little bit of a narrative that we slobber too much over Paris Johnson Jr. I think you have to contextualize it and grave it on a curve. What have Cardinal tackles look like year one? I'm sorry, Brown. there have been people on Twitter saying you guys are too into Paris Johnson Jr. Like, let it play out. I'm sorry. Is um, no sacks, no hurries a good thing I'm against the delete the app. They, they don't get it. Did you watch Levi Brown when they pass on Adrian Peterson look like a total sieve on the offense? Humphreys, who's been a really solid tackle for this organization for eight years, his first year he couldn't play. To so, see a guy like, come in year one and and have the performance that he had. Sorry, I'm I'm a little giddy. I I I, I want to apologize. That people that. are people are buzzing about this rookie class because they are. They started a couple rookies. Go look at Keytrail Clark's game film from Sunday and obviously what Paris did and Michael Wilson starting. Like that's an appropriate term because these these draft classes have been awful for 10 plus years. The Cardinals have not had a homegrown offensive tackle make the Pro Bowl in like 30 years. So yeah, I'm sorry if I get excited he, he about it. Did he make a Pro Bowl or was he, he has, an alternate? Yeah. He was an alternate. I think he made one like either. No, he was an alternate. Ago. I think he okay. was all like Mike Ayupati was a true pro bowler. They signed him, right? Lomas Brown in the early 90s, right. true pro bowler coming over from Detroit. Somebody that you can prop up like this has the best chance to be a pro bowl offensive lineman, offensive tackle for this team in since like circa the late 70s with the elite right side of the O-line that they had with, I don't know, Dan Deardolf, who's in the Hall of Fame. Like yeah. Conrad Dobler. That's yeah. that's the kind of prospect that you have. So I'm sorry if I'm going to get excited about a guy yeah. who goes out there, he's 20, 21 years old, and dominates Washington's defensive line at times. Like, well, let's just wait. Let's let him play. Of course, I'm yeah. going to watch all 17 games this year. But I know the difference between Paris Johnson Jr. this year as a rookie <laughs> and and guys like Levi Bust and, and DJ Humphreys, Mr. Inactive, as a rookie. I'm sorry. I am, I'm not going to hold back my excitement for that. You know you what don't. a good offensive line play is? I've seen it for my entire life with this team. Celebrate it, Johnny. Get on top of Camelback Mountain and, and yell it. Can't get too city. excited over this rookie class. Oh, my goodness. He, he was the sixth overall pick, and he looked like it on, yeah. on Sunday. He's a he's going to be elite. He's going to be their best lineman at the end. Don't get too excited, Johnny. Yeah. 
Just hold on. Let's watch him play more football. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. Let me check the advanced stats here. Oh, no. What's going on with the Cardinals off? And wait a minute. You missed a block here. Put guys on their ass. I can't get excited about that. People in this market, man. Just uh, I get it. The Cardinals yeah. aren't very good. And you want to nitpick everything. The kid right. they drafted six overall is good. Deal with it. He's going to be Six really round good. rookie played corner held in there. What Kyle Odegaard put the stats out today? People who to coach young players now and rookies. Yeah. I mean, just it's just different. I, I don't know. It, like you're allowed to be excited about the young players on this team. This podcast is giving you permission, even though you don't need our permission. Let it out, you know, let your hair down on the rookies on this team. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr. continues to be a national treasure. Uh, I asked him because when I first kind of started really looking at film of him coming from my high state, I noticed that any Buckeye touchdown, there was Paris Johnson Jr. in the end zone with the, the Ohio State scoring player. And he either was jumping over them or picking them up. Uh, and I asked him if he's going to continue that at, at the pro level. And this was the answer from Paris Johnson. I think it only score. I'm a to pick him up because um, um, I remember my, my first day here when I was in the when I was in the room with Monty. I forgot Piggy told me he preferred for me to not try to leap over the person that uh, uh, that scores. Because honestly, I I, I, I kind of like doing the leap because it, it, it was kind of fun because it was surprise it was surprise for people, but that also made me feel like a really athletic. Like, oh wow! Like if I really want to jump you, I could. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I mean, it, it's it's all in the moment. I, I'm sure if like if Rondale scores. I'll probably just go for the leap, you know? So, <laughs> but, you know, it's all in a moment. It's all in a moment. So. I don't get it. Why Rondell? Because he's not very big. He's <laughs> not very big. What did I say? The first training camp practice that you and I went to together, I said, I want to be picked up by Paris Johnson. Jr. I want him to lift, <laughs> lift me up like a little baby and carry me around. Uh, and I, I have no shame in saying that. And I hope one day we can make it come to fruition on this podcast when he's made like his fifth Pro Bowl. Uh, and we've won five let's, Emmys for the show. What's like? Let's look at what, what both the celebrations look like. Yeah, look at it, just leaping over. I'm surprised he gets. And there he is picking up Greg Dortch. Uh, that was in the red white scrimmage. Yeah, don't say that about Dorch. Don't say that's adorable. But gotta love you. Gotta love the juice that uh, Paris Johnson Jr. brings. He even mentioned it. I think going into Week One after wrapping up his first training camp in the NFL level, that he was given permission basically from the veterans of the NFL or of the Arizona Cardinals. And they're like, Hey dude, you don't have to be a rookie. You don't have to be this guy, you know, asking where certain places are. Or do I have to do this? I mean, sure. He did things that just a rite of passage in the NFL carrying pads yeah. and stuff like that, but you don't have to be that guy. You can just show up and, and, and be a vet because they believe in him that much. Like he's not a Paris Johnson jr. Is not going to be a rookie in like four weeks from now. Like technically mm -hmm. on paper, he will be, but like we talked about it, I brought this up on the show. He's a top 10 player on this team already. Like he's physically more gifted than Kelvin Beecham. That's why Kelvin, everybody said project him. Remember everybody's like, he's going to play guard because they're going to let Kelvin Beecham start. They're going to put Josh Jones out there. No, he's actually the most talented offensive lineman they have. They're going to set him up for success. God forbid they're going to play him at right tackle from the moment he stepped out for OTAs. Remember that BS we had to listen to? Like, no, no, no. Here's a cornerstone franchise player. Play him in his natural position because we're going to get ahead of this. So he's not mm -hmm. playing right tackle for the first time or left tackle in 2024, and there's a learning curve. They're ripping the Band-Aid off with that now. He will be one of the probably five to seven best players on this roster come January. 
Assum- assuming he stays healthy and you can't predict yeah. that, knock on wood, God forbid he gets hurt. On the field, he's going to have Sundays where 80 PFF grade pancakes. You've already started to see the culmination of it. He's going to play lesser defensive lines than Washington. He's going to continue to gain that confidence. And then he's going to spend all 2024's offseason getting bigger and more physical. And I think he, like his trajectory is pro bowler. That's what you take in the first round top 10 that Steve Kime and Rod Graves, I love them, I love them both, not really, that, that this franchise couldn't understand is your first round picks have to make Pro Bowls and be all pros. Right. Monty Ford, in my opinion, you go one for one. I know everybody right. loves uh, Will Anderson Jr. and he's going to be great, but like they took this kid from Ohio State because they think he's going to be a Pro Bowler and we're going to give him $150 million one day. And yeah. that's what I, and that's what he's projecting to be. You you know quickly, right? Does a guy have it or not, right? And you knew right. quickly for some of times, guys, they could not play. No, and what that was what continue, like was so fantastic about Monty Austinfort and how he read the kind of had the pulse of of the draft board where he trades down to twelve and he's like, oh shit, uh, if get I him. want this guy, I mean, and and there's a significant difference between him and tackle, you know, two, three, and four. And, and I know the kid for the Bears played fine, but it look how it Skaronsky, you want Skaronsky as far as Titans? projectables. Yeah, yeah. There, there was nobody that touched him, and that's why he was aggressive, got back up to six, and that's why they have Paris Johnson Jr. And it's fantastic. Paris Johnson Jr. Will Hernandez, love to see it. It's like a pro wrestling duo. I mean, they it like is. they like bust through the door. They've got their like own music. <laughs> it's, it's called a tag team, not a duo. Yeah. It's called a tag team. Sorry, yeah. Partners, uh, some Stop. pro wrestling partners. Yourself. I don't like you. <laughs> you talking pro wrestling is is for full transparency. We had a chance to have Seth Rollins on the show during Super Bowl week. He's standing right next to us, and Bo's like, "I'm not interested. I don't want Seth Rollins on." He was podcast. standing right next to him. I'm like, okay, when I when we see him, we tell him we're not interested because I, like, I don't want Seth this guy. I don't want some wrestler on our podcast. Some pro wrestler. Sorry, I like real. I like real sports. Not they're a duo like in wrestling. They still no, do wrestling with me. the writers on strike. How dare you? You're su- you're such a jackass. Tell me about the injury report. What happened? Johnny, to Johnny's today? the guy. It's still real to me. Yeah, let's take a look at this injury report. Not so bad for the Arizona Cardinals. It is kind of tough. LJ Collier uh, played really well in, in preseason in camp. He uh, he did not practice today. Biceps. Joshua Woods has been nice as well. Special teamer. Also, he started at inside backer next to Kazir White. He was not practicing with the ankle. Uh, we didn't get to talk to JG about that. We didn't know that these guys weren't going to be there when we talked to JG before practice. We'll try to get more insight uh, tomorrow and Friday. Calvin Beecham was back out there. You get more depth on the offensive line. And then the one thing, not I don't think I'm concerned he's going to miss a game, uh, but James Conner to have a calf show up, uh, never good for a guy who averages 13 games per season. Uh, you want to have JC as healthy as possible, but uh, just limited, maybe just maintenance. But then, my God, you look at the other side of this. What a bloodbath already for the the New York Giants. Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, uh, they've just got a ton of guys, including the kicker down here. You've got B.J. Ojolari's brother, Aziz Ojolari, dealing with a hamstring. They are already really in rough shape. This this feels like a Saquon Barkley game for them, doesn't it? Like when they're just going to put all their chips in the middle of the table and, and try to win with their franchise back because they're so limited everywhere else. And like, don't poo-poo Andrew Thomas, like potentially not playing. I've read between the tea leaves with a lot of their media members, there is internal talk about sitting him this weekend because they play on a short week. I think they go to San Francisco next Thursday. They play an elite defensive front. 
So I think they, they're going to have to weigh whether or not they can beat the Cardinals without Andrew Thomas. I'm sure those are the discussions they're having right now because if they play him in what they think is a must-win game and he gets hurt even more so, their season's over. He's their best offensive player outside of um, Saquon Barkley. They they need to win this game. And the biggest misconception about the Arizona Cardinals is that you just show up and, and you get an automatic dub. Uh, tell that to the people in New York. Even after a 40, 40 nothing loss, like they feel like they can sit Andrew Thomas. They'll be fine against a front, a no-name front, that had six sacks on Sam Howell. Like, and I, w- I went back and rewatched the the defensive tape this morning. Like, mm-hmm. they were not covered sacks. Like, people were getting blown off the ball. Like, go, yeah. go watch Victor Dumekeji's sack just destroying, I think it was the guard, and diving at Sam Howell's legs and bringing him down instantly. Dennis Gardeck had a spin move. Like, these were not – and I think the secondary did a great job. That's not a knock on them. The Cardinals were getting after Sam Howell in, like, under three seconds. Did you see – Go ahead. Did did you see the the, the AZ Cardinals did a really good job? They did a film breakdown with Nick Rollis on the the sack – first sack from Dennis Gardeck right around Mm -hmm. midfield – they put poor former quarterback Logan Thomas uh, trying to guard Dennis Gardeck, and he just absolutely owned him yeah. for his first sack. Dennis, man, uh, again, I, I I would love to see him replicate that. What if Dennis Gardeck like has ten sacks this year? I might have to wear a clown nose if he gets <laughs> to interview him and just basically apologize. The good news is, is Britton Golden BG, our, our co-host on Game Days, is good friends with Dennis yeah. Gardeck. And like, we'll hopefully prevent him from beating my ass mercifully if if he ever runs into me, or if he's he's you, the the great guy that we know BG to be. He just immediately just throws you under the bus, and you have to wear it in front of Dennis Gardner. Just holds, just literally holds me up for Dennis just to take shot after shot at my midsection in my face, just beating me. And you both like, well, this is good content. Just keep going. <laughs> I thought I was safe with Isaiah Simmons leaving town. And now Dennis Gardeck's having a career year. I'm in trouble. <laughs> it's a good problem to have that the Arizona yes. Cardinals have uh, have a, such a stack rotation, at least uh, through one week. And you want to see that consistently happen uh, and, and take advantage of, of a group that's down as far as the Giants offensive line. If they if they want to naively believe that they can get past it without their top tackle, then go for it because – Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, look ahead to San Francisco on Thursday night football. Go ahead, please do so. Cause you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose. It's it's the biggest misconception right now. You can look at all the power rankings and they can be 32 out of 32 and all this and that, but they are not just you're not just gonna walk into State Farm Stadium or you're not just gonna have them show up and it's you're not just gonna be handed your win for the for the week. Like I'm not trying to be a jackass. Like, where where's the talent on their team? I think that's why we were so impressed yeah. with Brian Dable last year. Like, they were projected to be like a three-win team last year. And kudos to him. He did a fanta- fabulous job. Right. But they snuck up on everybody. I don't think they're that talented. I think they're right. one of the least talented teams. Look at that. They don't have any household names. Like, they got a couple guys on their defensive line that were drafted once, like Leonard Williams and some people. Their back seven's not very good. Their receivers are awful. Like, I don't know, man. The Cardinals are poised to win this game, in my opinion. That's how I I use the press conference as kind of trying to cheat and find out where that is. Like, like legit interest. Like, Jonathan Gannon, like, where do you see the talent on defense? (laughs) Like, where do you see the – like, he named Saquon Barkley and he named Daniel Jones, and I think he just has to say Daniel Jones out of of respect or whatever. He can't just go on record. Daniel Jones had 16 passing touchdowns last year, and there were people on the – on the Twitter streets that, and there are mostly people that were in, you know, giants blue saying that he's better than Kyler Murray. 
Yeah. J- Daniel wow. Jones losing to Josh Dobbs on Sunday would be something to behold. And and you can see it in person if you so choose. And I encourage everybody, you know, when I, I'm not here to tell people, you know, how to spend their money, but if you have an ex- some extra scratch and you've been holding off, now's the chance for you to get on game time, Bo Brock and save, not only save with $20 off your first purchase with bonus code PHNX, but save because it's your premier app for procrastinators out there looking to buy tickets. I know a lot of people this year, they said, I'm not going to renew my season tickets. I'm going to go game by game. This team has to earn my trust back, and you do you. But I'm going to help you do you this weekend. The Giants are coming to town. Go see a dub, in my opinion, in person, on the cheap. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use that code PHNX, $20 off your first purchase. This is the app for procrastinators out there. I remember I talked to somebody last year. They went to the Thursday night game against the Saints. They got two tickets on the 50-yard line, about 15 rows up for 150 bucks a piece. I'm talking like on the Cardinals' sideline. So again, mm. people are looking to score quick cash on game time, and there's not all those egregious fees, the penalties you pay in other places. So if you're like, Johnny, I'm going to wait till game day, do it. Sunday morning, mm-hmm. check the game time app. Go take your family out to the stadium, State Farm Stadium. Uh, they've got a lot of unique offers this year at the ball game. So again, check them out with game time. I know my uh, my wife, my kid, uh, my my uh, my brother-in-law, his family, they use game time. They're going to the game on Sunday. Well, awesome. I'm, I'm working. They're going to get to go have some fun and hopefully see a dub, a much needed win at home, um, but also a good way to celebrate that or just get some dinner for tonight is with our friends over at Burrito Express. Of course, a mainstay here in the Valley of the Sun. Unbelievable burritos. They do even the classics, right? Can't go wrong with their bean and cheese, but then you can get in with all their breakfast burritos. Their machaca is unbelievable. Check it out. Their community service. They support Arizona State Athletics. Their athletes. They've got Jalen Conyers, our guy over here at PHNX, Elijah Badger, big touchdown catch on uh, Saturday. And of course, the Borgays there. Free stickers for the first 25 people, uh, you know, usually through the door at Burrito Express at, at most of their events that they have with those student athletes but follow them on twitter huge valley sports fans at burrito exp of course check out all their valley locations including that tempe location burrito express unbelievable burritos they're fantastic i can't wait to get some this week um i'm i don't know what a good segue into this because it's frankly it's disrespectful but let's do it anyway so the cardinals have new concessions this year bo brock uh and they're doing some coffee with some foam and take it away What's disrespectful about it? The the Arizona Cardinals are just teaming up with a company here in the Valley. Uh, you know and they're, they're, they're able to take beer and they're able to take uh, coffee and they've got a beverage printing machine and fans can add edible high resolution images and messages to foam of hot coffee, cold brew and beer from craft culinary co- concepts. So here we have Arizona Cardinals 2023. That's looking pretty cool there. So, but you can get you can get like your image on it. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Up oh, there, there's one right there. Here's a beer drinker that we've got. That's uh, is that our own Johnny Venerable? Did we get one made already of the two hand chug uh, from way back in the day? That that's a good looking one right there. If you wanted to go in there and maybe get your favorite image of Johnny and his, his Tank Tuesday tank, you could get that done as well. Uh, 
but that's what you got going on at State Farm Stadium, new to home games. I love the people on Twitter that are like, I'd rather them focus on winning a football game. It's like, yeah, the guy in the food and beverage section of the Arizona Cardinals, he's in there with Jonathan Gannon all hours of the day trying to figure out how to get this dub. Hey, Sully, get off the corn dog machine and go pad up. We need you out there holding the bag for Zayvon Collins. Hey, yeah. Misty, they need you to go line the field. Come what, on. what do we got here? Can we see the the, the Johnny, uh, the screen, what is it, the foam print again? It's Yeah, they, if you're sitting at State Farm not? Stadium and they start to say, hey, we got a pumpkin spice latte for the pumpkin king. <laughs> this is this is what you're gonna see. You'll see Johnny Venerable walk up and get his uh, his pumpkin spice for his nice crisp fall day. Every time I think that image is scrubbed from the internet, we bring <laughs> it back here, and it was on our Twitter today, so I knew it was coming for the show. I I saw it in the show elements, and like I'm trying to have good mojo for this season, and I feel yeah. like you just now we're we've got a, a real bad vibe, you and I. Like we don't we don't agree on Brock Bowers. We don't agree on what you just put on the screen. It's just time, times are tough. I'm trying to get a dub and be positive, and you're putting up there. There, there was an instance, for those of people who don't know, I was chugging a beer on camera, one of our first shows here at PHNX before Bull Brock was ever here, and I almost <laughs> spilled on my brand-new shirt that day, so they caught me as I'm wiping off the phone, getting it off. my. I didn't want it to be on my new shirt. It was a company shirt. Get out mm-hmm. of here. I don't like that. Don't do that. That's rude. <laughs> no, like, people are tongue-in-cheek, like, I, I'm not a good beer chugger it's not, not. My vibe. like i can i can finish a beer with a meal have a nice conversation with people at bed mgm on sunday yeah. I had some i'm a big boy i can finish a. I finished my beer it's like good for you 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 I'm do so it glad. Like an, an hour and a half time i'm so glad you're going to be at the stadium i don't have to see your dumb face you're just the worst person all everybody in the chat if you're a casual beer drinker and you don't want to chug like it you know, a 22 year old and you're just, Hey, I'm here to enjoy the game and have a beverage. Mm-hmm. Not like Neanderthal, like my co-host here. What? Just cause I can put down a beer in a, in a proper amount you of do time. Chug, like you're good. You're good at it. You're good at that. Congratulations. Okay. I've Thank seen you, you chug beers before. <laughs> Congratulations. Johnny, Johnny was so this, this, that picture was in heavy rotation when I first joined the show, just to, there's you know, a t-shirt in the office. There with is it. a t-shirt. Yeah. Han shop is asking for the t-shirt rights. It should be in the PHNX locker. I agree. We do have oh. one. It's one of one. Uh, but it, it, that was in such heavy rotation. And then you, you like the first draft party we did, you said you were going to have the comeback of a century <laughs> and you had almost a, just, if not more of a pitiful performance chugging a beer. I didn't use two hands. I used one <laughs> hand. We had been on air for like seven hours, to, in my defense. And and I tried to chug it, and then I ate Bo's sandwich, and it didn't go well. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, I love it here, and other than days like today. Yeah. No, I mean, you're just getting what you deserve for uh, – it was, it was a <laughs> bad I, moment. What I deserve is some illegal Pete's, Bo Brock. I yeah. I deserve. Listen, I'm gonna go to illegal Pete's later because it's happy hour, three to eight every day, all twelve locations, and I'm gonna get a beer, and it might be a tall one, and I'm gonna enjoy it with my burrito, with my nachos, with my salad, with my tacos, whatever I pick. It's hot outside, and I'm gonna enjoy a beer. I'm not gonna chug it like some animal. I'm gonna drink it <laughs> nicely 
Illegal Pete's is my go-to spot, again, for beers and buddies and burritos and nachos and tacos and whatever you want to do. 28 years here in the Valley. We have the best food partners in all seriousness. Look at those tacos on the screen. They look fantastic. There's the beer I'm going to be sipping on later with my friends at Illegal Pete. Uh, Jessica in the chat, Johnny will chug the wings. I will chug the wings, absolutely. Wing King. I got some wings uh, twofold. We had two orders of wings on Sunday at BetMGM. And I'm going to tell you right now, we posted the picture on social media, Bo did, and everybody's like, those wings look pretty legit. BetMGM's wings are legit. Like, all their food's legit. Their wings coming from me, it should mean something. They're legit. From the Wing King? Absolutely. Uh, Fantastic wings. The nachos are unbelievable. Their brunch, because it was the early game, uh, we got some great... They had a uh, crunch wrap. Like, their their take on a crunch wrap, I think producer Damon put one of those down. Uh, Just what they are able to do... uh, with in the culinary arts department, fantastic over our friends at BetMGM. Real uh, solid food. Real solid. Just a, a, a note for you guys: no BetMGM at home games. That's only an away game thing for us. I, I know uh, somebody unfortunately made the trip out there for one of the preseason games. Uh, don't make that mistake again. We are only out there for away games. We're hanging out, hopefully in studio for uh, for the home games give you the best cards coverage you can get of course pre-game post game half game halftime mixed in between there johnny uh, a couple other notes from practice his usual spot kyler murray continues to be there right front and center of his teammates stretching and then once they go out to the practice field he's got his normal spot right there with head coach jonathan gannon no, I was told Kyler Murray hates football and all <laughs> things team uh, oriented practices and studying and all that good stuff. Like I right. thought he was playing vids at this point. Like <laughs> it's, just, it's sad that like, and you do a great job. You do the best of anybody who's at practice. That's my unbiased opinion. Like that we have to report on this because it's something we've always known being around the team, but the narrative is Kyler Murray doesn't care. And he doesn't want to, he's a football junkie. Like Gannon said that. And people are like, you're just his head coach. You have to say that. He's literally always around. He was at the facility the morning Josh Dobbs got there at like 5.30, 6 a.m. Like he is poised mentally to have a really strong, hopefully three-fourths of the season. It's the physical part, but I, how can you question this guy's commitment? He's been unbelievable. It's unquestionable. It's undeniable. For him to kind of get the opportunity to sit there, stand there with a defensive mind like Jonathan Gannon and, and kind of see it from that side of the football I think it's it it's going to do huge for him as far as when he returns to the playing field. And uh, he's putting in the work with Drew Petzing. He's putting in the work with Josh Dobbs. He's putting in the work with uh, with uh, Izzy as far as his, his quarterback's coach. He's really got the infrastructure around him finally to be successful and, and put it all together, get back on track after having a tough, you know, fourth season like he did last year. I, I hold out hope that, he is removed off of pup after these next three weeks. And then they can bring him back, whether it's you take him off and he practices for a week or two, then he comes back, you know, October, I think still is a realistic timeline. Um, and again, like w- what that means for him long-term, what, what comes with 2024, I don't think anybody knows, but Kyler Murray's going to get his chance this year to put a stamp on this quarterback room. And yeah. uh, again, like I, you watch these rookies struggle and they, they went over this weekend. Like you remember Kyler Murray's year, there were some ups and downs. Like, yeah, I know everybody falls in love with draft prospects and Caleb Williams, but like, we know what Kyler Murray's ceiling is. It's a pro bowler MVP type player. And if he's mm-hmm. healthy, and he's 
in sync with this offense. Like you got picks you can use elsewhere. That's, that's really going to be tempting for them. Like Kyler Murray's contract, as we see with each passing month, with the, each passing year is going to be more and more affordable. And then you're going to be able to supplement the rest of this roster with draft picks on top of having $80 million next spring. Um, yeah, Zypher, I, I'm hope I'm hopeful too, but Again, when he when he comes back, you know he's going to be healthy. They're going to put him in the best position to succeed, and hopefully Joshua Dobbs can get this team a dub or two in the in the short term. Because I here's what I would not I would hate for Kyler Murray to come back and this team to be winless. I think mm-hmm. that would put unnecessary pressure. Not to say he couldn't handle it, but I it would be nice for them to have a, a win or two. Um, God forbid before Kyler Murray comes back, and then they can really focus in on helping this team. Yeah, Ian saying Kyle or, or K1 probably sitting uh, sitting back, itching to get back in there. And that's that's been what's been told to us. That he's chomping at the bit. That was told to us back in February, in the February, early March, by his head coach, Jonathan Gannon. Arizona Animal, Kyler playing well, is a win-win for us, whether the Cardinals keep him or trade him. Uh, I just... As, as days grow on or go on, it really just I get the sense that he's he's going to be the guy from here on forward. I, I just don't know if uh, I mean, looking at the quarterback class and I know there's some talent there, but, you know, you've got a guy in the building that is is a is a proven commodity. And if you get him back on track, he can be that franchise guy. I, I mean, not to get off topic here, but think about what would have to happen for them to to take a quarterback next April you would have to be assured that the guy you'd have to fall in love with somebody right now and have that reinforced at the combine and then know where you're picking that you could take that player, whether, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake may or whomever, albeit while Kyler Murray is still on the roster. Like yeah. there are so many hoops to jump through Especially Like if they pick first overall, we know what's going down. We mm. assume, but if you're picking two, three, four, five, like there's a lot of variables that, that go into this thing. And I, I, number one, I don't think they're going to be picking first overall. And I think with with each passing game, and assuming Kyler Murray comes back and plays well, like he's going to be their franchise quarterback. I know a lot of people are are positive about that, and a lot of people are disappointed with that notion. But let's let's give K one a full off season with this coaching staff and this regime with new weapons in the spring to be able to to take this team to where they need to go. Yeah, uh, Elijah Hickens, uh, somebody who's kind of an interesting figure that they picked up off waivers before the beginning of the season from the Miami Dolphins. He's a wide receiver turned tight end. He's gonna he was wearing twelve today in practice. You know, assume he's gonna play the role of Darren Waller, uh, one of the main offensive threats. If he can play, if he's healthy enough to play on on Sunday with the hamstring issue, but the Arizona Cardinals are preparing for him, Johnny. Uh, and, and Higgins seems to be playing that role. So other than that, uh, pretty standard day out there. Heard from from Dobbs, uh, heard from Gannon, heard from some of their teammates. We've got some stuff coming from Zayvon Collins. Talked to Trey McBride. Both those, uh, you know, your third play, third year player, second year player. We've got some good content coming your way via PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. Check them out too at gophnx.com. Our guy Howard Balzer's got sights and sounds, and Bo and Howard will be at the game on sunday become a diehard get a free t-shirt from the merchandise locker get that greg dorch t-shirt before it runs out get a free one become a diehard at gophnx.com drop a like on this video by the way we have you guys helped us out big time you liked the video from yesterday it's doing very well because of all of you it's always because of everybody here 190 plus strong in the chat bo brock we are off tomorrow we're off for like the first time in what seems like a long time, and it's going to hurt me because we're 
We're going we're gonna to give way to Thursday night football, mm-hmm. and then we're coming back on a football Friday for our definitive Giants at Cardinals game preview show. Now, we haven't discussed this, and I don't want to throw you into the bus, put too much pressure on my boy. Mm. But audio only? Should it be in people's where people find podcasts Friday I, morning? I think that that's something that we can certainly discuss, that okay. if you're <laughs> unwrapping your podcast presence on a Friday morning, there okay. could be a, a special little nugget from your boys at PHNX Cardinals. Audio only is our is our late night specialty. And speaking mm-hmm. of late night specialty, can we officially plug the last Tuesday of the month, the debut of PHNX Cardinals prospects, the Cardinal po- prospect show, the first and I think the definitive cards coverage <laughs> ahead of next April's NFL draft, college football extravaganza show. Who makes sense for the Cardinals top prospects? Uh, over the course of this 2023 college football season. Can't wait to do that with you, Bo. Yeah, we're going to uh, break down all the uh, sights, sounds from the college season. We'll have a couple games under our belt, including a game in Tempe from the weekend uh, after that, you know, before that Tuesday of Caleb Williams and USC being in town. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll discuss that. That's going to be a fun thing we're going to do just about once a month, really gearing you up towards April's draft because the Cardinals have what, around 12 picks now? It's going to be unbelievable. But uh, have a good rest of your Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, of course, follow along on social. I'll be out there at practice. We'll get you all the everything you need to know. Buddha Baker talks every Thursday now, so we'll get some from Buddha. Uh, but like, subscribe, and of course, where you find podcasts, you can get that audio-only edition maybe Friday morning. We'll see. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep you on your toes. For Johnny Vermeer, Damon Dog, and myself, Bo Brock, we'll talk to you Friday.